Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking ahead to the first ever uh, Cavan game in the Talson Cup. I, I, I got that completely wrong because I'm not used to saying it. So Cavan's first ever out in the Talson Cup, I suppose, is the correct way of saying it. They're taking on down in Kingspan, Breffney on Saturday afternoon at two o'clock um, to look ahead to it. I'm delighted, and he is delighted to be joined as well, Paul Fitzpatrick um, from the Anglo-Celt. Paul, we'll hear from Niall McCoy a little bit later on in the show. Um, of course, a, a very astute reader of the game, knows all about his his football all across the province of Ulster, really, but he is quite a close proximity to Down. Um, so we'll hear from him. But I, I, I love the way at the start of that interview you say that you were excited about it. Have has the Talcian Cup turned you around a wee bit? Okay, I'm excited about it, Damien, to be honest. I'm not going to run it down anymore. Did, we had three podcasts of me running it down and so on. So I'm not going, I'm not going to do that. I don't think that's fair at this stage. We just have to embrace it for what it is. And I'm hoping it'll be a success. And I'm hoping that Calvin can, can win it. Now, yeah, I, I spoke to Stephen King um for a piece for the paper this week, just talking about the, the Cavan boys being uh, honoured at the Ulster final this Sunday. And I, when I had Stephen on the line, I I, uh, I asked him about it, and he's very much in favour of the Talchin Cup. But Stephen was saying, "Look, we're not all Ireland contenders, and uh, you know, with respect, like so, he says it's better to be in a competition that you can win." And you know, he made a good argument, and he also said that. He said he would have, before this came in, he would have actually favoured a backdoor in the provincial championships, but I had never thought of that before. But he was kind of saying, I could see his point. I don't know if I'd fully agree with Stephen on that, but it was definitely a novel point that he said, you get a backdoor into a competition that you might still win. And the only fear I'd have there is that the strong might be getting stronger at that stage because you get rid of Tyrone out of us or whatever, and, and next thing you see them coming back, it was really sick. In you. But um, yeah, it, I would kind of disagree because... <clears throat> What's the definition of all Ireland contenders like? Like, are we talking about the teams that make the last four as the contenders, for example? It's a tricky one to to define. The definition of a contender is has the ability to win it. Hmm. For me, and I I think there's a load of teams this year that have the ability to win it. Like I think we're closer now to an all Ireland to to the standard for, to win an all Ireland that's required in in twenty twenty two. I think we are actually closer to the standard now than we have been in twenty five years. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're a contender. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I know that. But I do think that we're that we're closer, and I think that uh, Dublin obviously have come back to the pack. There's still question marks over Kerry. Like I think they've only won all Ireland medalists on their on their squad, and if Kerry just replenished themselves, and they're 
their victories perpetuate their next victory over the generations. And that link has almost been broken with Kerry, which is the last time that happened, they, they got it very hard to, to finally break their duck, and that was in 97. Um, and they had gone 11 years. At the minute, bar a lucky enough All-Ireland, and I, I know a lucky All-Ireland, that's, that's sort of a misnomer, <laughs> but... It. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a vintage All-Ireland in 2014 and Donegal did the hard work for them beating Dublin that year and a, probably a goalkeeping mistake and was the difference in the final and Donegal hit the woodwork in the last second of that game. So apart from that, they haven't won one since 2009. So my, my point is that Dublin have come back to the pack in a big way. They're probably they're probably not as poor as people are saying and as saying they were in the league and they're not as probably great as people are saying now based on two wins in, in Leinster over weak opposition. But Kerry... There's question marks over Kerry. If anything was happening to, to happen to Clifford in particular, and after that, then you're looking at a whole wave of teams that that you could beat or you could not beat. Obviously, Toronto are in the mix there, and we get it very hard to beat them. But Mayo now with all the injuries they have and already knocked out of Connacht, uh, Galway, Roscommon, probably Kildare, uh, Monaghan, Derry, even Donegal, like who we competed very well with. Um, they're all in that next year. And I, I think that, I actually think that if we were in the thing, we're as much of an All-Ireland contender as a lot of them. Can I can I put it to you this way? And this is why I don't think Kavanaugh are an All-Ireland contender. Of the teams that you named there, could Cavan beat three of them on a run? It would, well, it would require, it would require us to hit a level that we, yeah. that we haven't tended to hit in a long time. But we, we did beat two of them. In, in the championship before last in, yeah. a, in a run it, to be an All-Ireland contender you're probably going to have to beat three of them in a row you know mm. what I mean like we, we, we had our gaps between it where the performance dipped and yeah. we got, got over the line That that's my only I, I, I completely agree with your point I think we're closer now than we have been in my lifetime um, well sorry no 97 97 we were, we were very close we were very close we were very close but uh, definitely in my time covering the GA, it's it it is as close as we've ever been. Um, and I think that we're the the more I think of it, I think we're getting closer. Like we're, I think we're making improvements. I, I think our attacking play has got better. I think our defense is still quite solid. And yes, I still think there's a bit of cover on the defense. I think it can can actually get a little bit better. So, I. I have to hand credit here to Mickey Graham and the whole management team. It, it has evolved. And, and if you take it from 2018 to now, I think we've constantly made progress, which isn't, isn't easy to do. Okay, 2021, you could argue, right, it, it, it didn't really make any progress. It was, it was a, a, a very bad year. But I, I don't know. I think this is the best that, that I've seen, Cav, and I think it's the the, the best we've seen of them. So that's why I'm actually looking forward to Saturday is that let's see these guys who are close to their best go out and, and perform at their best. That's it. That's it, exactly. Like, the story went around and I did get this firmed up, but I'm not going to, to say where I heard it because I don't want to uh, reveal too much details about it, but I know for a fact that, that Darren weren't able to get a team out for a challenge match recently. Now, I did hear that they played Sligo since that. And um, hammered them. Yeah, which would add up because obviously there's links there with Aidan O'Rourke is on, involved yeah. with Darren, Tony McEntee, former Armagh teammate, is involved with Sligo. So you could, that's a that's an obvious challenge game. So they, they, they probably got things back in order. Um, we'll hear from Niall McCoy in a while and Niall's tuned into the scene in Darren and he says that 
you know, they might they might have actually got fellas back. Some of the lads that quit, they might have mm-hmm. been coaxed back. There was a chance that maybe Mooney might have came back, and then he did his crucial in a club game, which is very unfortunate for him. Um, so I don't, down or not, they're not the rabble. I don't think that they're being depicted as. That's one thing that we have to say straight away. But the word was definitely getting around that Darren were were struggling on the challenge game circuit for numbers. Um, that players were quitting. People were putting two and two together because Cavan opened that five to one on. And they've shortened now to seven to one on. So there's a lot of people back in Cavan, be that in accumulators or trebles or back in Cavan straight. Cavan are very, very hot favourites to win this game. Mm-hmm. They are. Well, do you know what? It's a perfect time to bring in Niall McCoy because we can, we can discuss what, what he, a few points that he brought up after. So let's hear from uh, Niall. Okay, to look ahead to the opening round of the Talchin Cup uh, between Cavan and Darren, delighted to be joined on the line by. Gaelic Games correspondent with Gaelic Life and RT Sport, Niall McCoy, um, who is an Armagh man, but he knows a thing or two about that, Darren. So, Niall, thanks again for, for uh, taking the time uh, to talk to us on the podcast, as you've done it plenty of times before. Uh, no worries, Paul, anytime, anytime. Big game this one, uh, Niall, because Cavan are favourites to win this competition. Darren are under a lot of pressure, I suppose, looking from the outside in. Every time a story comes out about Darren, it invariably seems to be a negative one. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is, are, are things as bad in Darren as, as we're hearing? Is, are they in, in a very bad spot at the minute or is it a bit overhyped? No, I think it's not overhyped. I think it's fair. I think it's, uh, I don't think it's maybe as disruptive as people are assuming. Um, I think it's more a case of players are leaving, um, not because there's any fallings out or anything like that. Players are just seeing a project that's not in the best place at the moment down as a, as a county and, you know, it's easier to leave a panel when when things aren't going so well. Um, I, I it's probably just not as bad as people make out, and I believe they have maybe got one or two backs who who have left. Like, uh, so I I I don't think there's any like issue with with management or anything like that. I just think down football for the last number of years has been in a really really poor place, and it's just listen turnover happens when things aren't going well. Turnover happens and. When you have a season when you're relegated to Division Three, when you're relegated to the Talchin Cup, and we can talk about its importance or not, you know, no one wants to be relegated. Um, it just makes it easier for people who are maybe 50-50 just to say, listen, I'm, I'm going to tip on the states here. I'm going to focus on the club stuff. So what it leaves now, it leaves James McCartan, who we all know what happened in Malahide. We all heard the stories. He's a legend of down football. He deserves so much from from the down players like you know and I hope they really give a good account of themselves this weekend and um, because he deserves it and he's working with a panel there now of boys that he knows wants to be there like the panelists called there this weekend are ones who've stuck it out and have said right we're going to go for this so I, I'd like to think we'll get a good performance out of down, down. I think it's the most James deserves to be honest with you because you know, he took that job. Like, let's not forget, no one wanted that job. Like, we know you, we had the whole gym again as Conor Lavery crack. And when that fell apart, it, it, it was it was rudderless. Like, no one was stepping up. And James came in. He came in very late, lost valuable time in pre-season um, in terms of fitness, recruitment, working on structures. Like, he, he had none of that really. Like, and he took a job knowing that it was going to be extremely difficult. And for that reason, and I'd imagine he will be sailing off into the sunset at the end of the season, possibly this weekend. I really hope we get a good down performance. Yeah, because James McCartan, put aside like the fact that he was such a good player and like going all Ireland as a player and it came from that 
you know, historic lineage of great, great uh, football and family. But in his first tenure as manager, like he took them to the All Ireland final in 2010, beat the All Ireland champions en route, um, lost that final by a point. So, what has gone wrong in, in Darren football in the last 12 years? And I know 12 years is a long time in football, but to go from, from within the kick of a ball of an All Ireland final to we're hearing stories that Darren are struggling to round up teams for challenge games and stuff like that. Now, some of that could have been just growing legs, but the, you know, they're, they're in rough enough spots compared to where they were. Yeah, and I was working in Darren at the time, so I had the uh, joy of watching as an Orma man Darren's march to the All Ireland that time. And they were, listen, they were fantastic, like that carry match in particular, stands out a mile. Um, you know, performances at Coulter and Poland and McKernan and uh, Paul McComsky that year. And I think that's James as me as strength is he's a real players man. And, you know, I, I got to watch that Queen's team. He won a Sigerson one as well. And great buy-in from players, a great, dedicated, very talented group of players. And you're, you're right to kick the ball down very well. Could have won that match. Like it wasn't, you know, a cork were expected to win, but down to serve possibly to at least take it to a draw at a full time, you know. Um, what's gone wrong? It's, it's very hard to put your finger on it, Paul. There's probably a, a host of issues. Um, there definitely seems to be an issue with the Kilku players, and the Kilku players have been very vocal. You know, Eugene Brannigan's uh, interview, you know, probably laid down, there is a bit of a club-county divide there. Not all. Niall Keane's still in the panel, and Niall Keane will probably start at the weekend. Like So it's not all. Um, but... Things like that probably don't help. And maybe there was a time when Armagh had that with Cross McGlenn when Cross McGlenn were in their pump as well, you know. And, and that happens when a club team's successful. It is, you know, and you see your county team struggling. Like, it's not just as easy to go from a successful environment to an unsuccessful one. So, you know, if they got full... And, and the thing I should point out here, the Brannigans, you know, it's not a new thing where Eugene said he doesn't want to play county football. That's his view, like, and he, he's totally entitled to that. No one's forced to play county football, but it just brings the issue to a head a wee bit, I guess. So between that, haven't really been pulling up trees at underage level in recent times. In all honesty, like, their last trophy was the 2007 Dr. McKenna Cup. Their last proper trophy was the 1994 Ulster Championship. They're known as the aristocrats of, of Ulster football, like, and five All-Irelands is, is a hell of an argument to have. But for, you know, 25 years now, they've, they've not nothing of note apart from that one time you talk about James McCartan coming in. They've been between the divisions, you know. Uh, they've, they've been one to, one to three uh, and up and down over the last few years. And it just, I don't know, it's it's a host of things, Paul. It just, I, I've seen Down put in really good performances, like, you know, I'd seen them push Mayo really hard in a qualifier a couple of years ago. And, you know, there's been some really good Saturday night league games down in Yuri where they've had a big vocal crowd behind them and they've turned over Leash and, and Westmead and different teams like that. And uh, the Down way, I suppose, is something that gets thrown at them. But when Down are playing with confidence, they're an excellent side and always have that sort of swagger, if you want to use the term, like, but... Just at the moment, it's it's one thing after another, and it's really it's it's, it's just not going the best. It reminds me a wee bit of Kevin. We'll say back in 2012, or 2011, 2012, the senior team was definitely drifting along, going over, going downhill, probably if they were going anywhere. Um, but they had a great under twenty one team coming up, and we saw this down under twenty team, who who uh, I saw them playing against Cavan. They were absolutely brilliant uh, against a decent Cavan team in the in the Ulster quarterfinal. They went on and won Ulster. Um, were caught by Roscommon, which I was surprised by. And I think it was Roscommon beat them in the All-Ireland semi-final. But 
I suppose for Darren fans, that must be given a little bit of hope because that was an exceptionally good crop of players. It was, and Andrew Gilmore from that team's come in and made an immediate impact in difficult circumstances this season. And I think that's been one of the real bright sparks of this season for Down that you can get a forward new onto the panel coming into a real volatile situation. And he's really, really stood out. Not the biggest in the world, but really good hands, has shown well, has scored well. Uh, and I, I spoke to Barry O'Hagan at the Talchin Cup launch, and, and you know that was one of the boys we spoke about who's made a good impression. That under-20 team, like there will be players and says they're true. And they do have a lot of good young players. Like Daniel Guinness come off the bench against Monaghan. I don't know if he's carrying a knock or what, but he's I really like him as a player, you know, and they do have good players throughout the team. Barry O'Hagan there I mentioned like Barry's a, he's a top forward as he's shown against Donegal in the championship last year when Darren were jockeyed out of it but he is still first class so it's just putting everything together Paul it's just putting everything together that's where the real struggle is and James has, as I mentioned before had a really tough job there doing that um, knitting it all together maybe it was the fact that he came in so late I don't know maybe it was the fact that Jim McGuinness was rumoured be involved and then that didn't come to fruition maybe that took a bit of air out of the balloon as well but uh, it's hard to know what to do all you can do is I, I I think you know you mentioned Kevin there and even Derry who have been in Division 4 like I think the most any fan can ask from a group of players is that they give their all um, regardless of where that takes you so if if it is James if it is a new manager whatever has to be done with Derry or with Down do it like if that means stripping the squad and getting 30 young players in there going down to division four building it back up so be it so be it like i just think that they need the first thing they need to do is get a squad that's raring to go because there probably there does be a sense that the pride in the down jersey isn't just the same and i don't mean the boys are there i mean there's obviously people who don't want to play for down but you know it's always should be a big aspiration for a club player to go play for his county and it's, Maybe just not as strong as it should be in down for such a, a powerhouse of a county in all in all honesty. Mm. Mm. The, um you mentioned a couple of them there. Obviously, um young Gilmore, uh, Barry O'Hagan, like is as you say, like he's he's proved himself to be a very, very good forward. If you had to pick out two or three others that that Gavin are gonna definitely need to pay attention to on Saturday. Obviously Mooney, we know, is probably the best known player, Caelan Mooney, and he's out. He he opted out of the panel and then he did his cruise shit, I think, in the club match. Yeah. He did it in a club match, yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I think if if he had a stayed fit, maybe. So there really, there is really a, a lack of options there in attack. To be honest with you, um, I was just I went through their team sheet the other day, and I was trying to fill the gaps of who would be coming in for those who have left the panel and stuff like that. Um, you know, they have lost Liam Kerr. They've lost so much of their attack and talented Johnsons aren't there from Kilku. McAvoy really there in the back line. He, he's he's gone. He's not coming back. Is that right? He's he's left the panel as well. Yeah. And they've had a, by all accounts they've had about five or six departures. Um, they're, but they're still good. Listen, Niall McCarland uh, will play at six. Will might be on McKiernan. Um, former Down captain, really good lad from Glen, really good player. Uh, I'd imagine Anthony Doherty. Will come back into the team now. Uh, Anthony made an impact when he when he came on, or sorry, when he was handed a debut by Eamon Burns a few years ago. The late Eamon Burns out in the war, he could be full back or midfield. So to have some big men across the pitch, um, just maybe not enough of them. Looking at Calvin from the outside, I'd be very interested to get your thoughts on this now. Um, 
I think the supporters in Cavan are generally quite happy with how the team is going at the minute. There was a there was a good bit of grumbling in Division Four that that I think Cavan supporters expected Cavan to be blowing teams away every time they went out, and there was a, there was quite a bit of complaining at the time. Um, but they played well against Antrim in the Championship, and then they played well against Donegal. I felt for the, for an hour or so anyway, and a bit of bad luck went against them. So the, the Cavan supporters, I think, w- would feel that this Cavan team is kind of is kind of a going places at the minute. What's the, what's your opinion on it, or what do you detect uh, from from the neutrals outside of the county? Yeah, I'd be very happy if I was watching Cavan and the direction they're going in. Um, I watched that Wicklow match uh, last year, wasn't it? And yeah. listen, that was it was a disaster. Like they just didn't perform. And I know people were talking. I heard a Cavan player talking about the goals Wicklow got, but to be honest, Wicklow probably deserved it on the day because they worked harder and took their opportunities. And that's just the way football is. But when they're in, uh, Division Four, is not uh, you know you don't hand out the Haydens that uh, you might have done in the past. Like you know. It, some good managers down there over teams and they're getting good players in and different things like that. So just getting out of there, that's still that would have been the, the team's goal getting out of there. So by hooker by crook, they got promoted and that's the main thing. I expected much more from Antrim. Um, I couldn't believe the difference in physicality between the two teams. That was so stark for me. It was, just, mm. it was men against boys. And like this Antrim team, a good few of those boys have been around the block and they're really good lads and be doing the work. It, uh, that day just sort of showed me that Cavan are such a, they look like a division one team physically. And obviously you have so many big men across the pitch. Donegal match, like I was watching the highlights again. Yeah, so funny enough, like uh, there's one point in it when that goal goes in. And it's a it's a really good finish from O'Donnell. Like it's so instinctive uh, mm. that the side what finish like and Cavan were given Donegal or Phil of it. So you know, and uh, I, I I just think personally that Cavan look like a bit like Derry last year. Is there like a year behind Derry? Is there going to move up? And I don't think it'd be a mass surprise if you just win this. Don't think it'd be a mass surprise if you just get out of division three next year either. Um, I think Cavan fans have a lot of reason to be happy, Paul. Is our team that look to be moving in the right direction? That's all you want. That's all you want. Uh, while I have you, I'm going to ask you about the Ulster final. Um, personally, I fancy Donegal. Uh, who do you fancy? Well, I heavily fancy Monaghan to beat Derry, so I'm not sure I should be the, the one giving the opinion. I think Donegal should just have a bit too much know-how. Um, I think an early Derry goal changes everything, as we saw against Monaghan, like, you know, um, I was going through the stats again and uh, of, of Ulster matches over the last five years, and there's been so many hammerings, like, um, so many, 40%, so, sorry, a quarter, a quarter, there's been 40 games in the last five years, and a quarter of them have been won by 10 points or more. There's an awful lot of hammerings, and this idea mm. that Ulster that's football, you have to for every point, and it's, it's, it sort of eroded a bit that Ulster's this competitive, ultra competitive. You have to fight for everything. That sort of disappeared. So I think it needs a really good Ulster final. And the fact that there's someone outside the the top three, you know, they've won 12 in the last 13 championships, Monaghan, Donegal, and Throne, Cavan being the exception, obviously. The fact that it's Derry and Donegal, Derry who haven't been there in so long, if they could just get over the line, I think it would be a massive boon for the Ulster championship. Whether they can, I think they absolutely can, whether they will. I just think Donegal, when they get to that stage, you'll see, uh, well, they didn't do it against Cavan in the Atlantic Grounds, but I do think they're a very polished outfit on the big occasions. Uh, I think they're very calm. They're very uh, organised, obviously. It's funny that against Cavan, it was it was two diversions from the plan that one of them actually you know, pointed efforts to drop short. But 
I just think Donegal by a couple of points. I'm really hoping for a really good game, and I'd love to see Derry win it. I would love to see a new name, a boy, a relatively new name up there. Like, um, I, but I just want to see a really good, really good final. To be honest with you, Paul. And um, your own county, Armagh, Niall. I, I was actually talking to uh, to Rona Carlin last night. I was doing an interview with him for a 1997 supplement that we're bringing out in the paper, and. Uh, he made the point that he played with Cavan in 87 and they lost to Monaghan, or sorry, they beat Monaghan, a very good Monaghan team who were after winning the National League in 85 and would win Ulster again in 88. And then, yeah, a hell of a team. Nudie and all those lads. Cavan beat them in the first round and then lost in a, re- a replay to Derry and Derry went on and won the final handy enough. So Ronan was making the point that in his opinion, the 87 Cavan team was as good as the 97 Cavan team. But around that time, they got no luck. And he, basically what I'm getting on to is he, he said that a team gets a certain window and it, you got to take your chance. If you don't take your chance, you'll regret it forever. And he said, sometimes that's luck. And he said in 97, they got the luck. In 87, they didn't. Yeah. But he used the example of Armagh. He said, look at Armagh now. He says, they're, they're a very good team. They've gone up through the league tables. They're, they've been a common team for four or five years, but they still haven't done it yet. And he said, they could miss their chance. Yeah, no, and he's totally right. They haven't had that statement win in the championship. Um, like their biggest win over his last five or six years was probably Kildare in 2018. Um, a great performance. Um, but it was Kildare, and then the next week they went out and were hammered by Tyrone. They haven't had that statement win. They've had really good performances in the league. They've had really good performances in the qualifiers. We know their also record isn't great. Um. Could have won that semi-final with Cavan a few years ago. They went to a replay. It was a really good match. And But uh, the fact that it's in the athletic grounds is a big thing for them, I suppose. Um, they'll go in as underdogs, which probably will suit them as well. And win it by a point. All my fans will be thinking they're the best in the world. Lose it by a point, and it'll be plenty of geezer out shouts. That's just the way it is but to do it would do so much for the reputation of the team Paul if they could knock out the rivals as All-Ireland champions having beaten them there in the league we know all what happened at the end of the match so we're going to have a lot of that sort of feistiness in the I suppose from the fans probably not so much from the players but they're just waiting for that starter gun of a win really Um, because they do like and the thing is the qualifier seems to suit them always has but they always seem to have a nice wee Westmead or Sligo or something to get them up and running and it's just straight into it now like you know you go Donegal and Nexus Throne they've had a long layoff and I know they're a bit antsy about that long layoff but win it and then hopefully they'll be away but it's a hell of an ask it's a hell of an ask I, I you know there's, there's a lot of disappointment in Bally Buffet probably because there's such a big build up about it too mm. Um with all the appeals, there's a lot of stuff going on, but in, in the camps, a different thing, and backs and forths and that thing. But I, I'm someone that says, judge a season at the end of the season. You know, if our mind up in a, for argument's sake, to get a good draw, with be thrown, get a good draw next, they could end up in the semi final. I think that's at the moment probably unrealistic, but you'd say that's a good season. But it's po- that's possible now because, you know, there's the four weakest teams in the Sam Maguire, I think, are probably meeting each other. Yeah, uh, and the way it's panning out, and there's about there's a group of seven or eight teams, including Roscommon, Kildare, uh, Galway, Donegal, Armagh, who, who could all probably beat each other on a, on a given day. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but if you get through round one, you play at a provincial losers pot, isn't that that's, right? So that's you, right, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're talking Kildare, Limerick, Roscommon, and Derry 
if you're going by the odds, I guess. So, yeah. you know, an Armagh would, would fancy beating all those, or at least being competitive with all those, but it's, it's all down to the athletic grounds. It's, it's, it's going to be packed. Um, it's going to be sell out very, very fast. There's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't know, I think the build up's going to be excellent. I think it's going to be excellent, like, but again, it's, as you say, uh, that that window, like that window, um, lose this. I don't anticipate they'll they'll fall apart. Like they're a very young team, but it will sense like okay, it's been Division Two here or Division One for two years now. When he's going to make a move in the championship? Because um, mm. last quarter final was twenty eighteen. Last quarter final for that was twenty fourteen. So we're not far off a decade and and two quarter finals, which. Isn't uh, and you know I I I often say the Armagh fans have been spoiled a bit by that run um 2000 to 2008 like Armagh traditionally is not a massive county won all Ireland and uh, Ulster titles all came in that period so I think there is a bit of unrealistic expectation to the all Ireland contenders when that hasn't been the tradition but at the same time it's a group that's been together for a few years they obviously have it off front. There's no doubt about that. They mightn't have played their best against Donegal, but there was so much attack and talent. And now they have to show it when when the pressure's really on. And hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. <coughs> well, the best luck to them. I think I think uh, a lot of Cavan fans would love to see Tyrone beaten and he put it like that. But <laughs> but the, but a lot of them would like to see Armagh beaten too. So. <laughs> so, um, everyone's a winner that day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before I let you go, Cavan and Darren going, going to the head. Are you calling the Cavan winning it? Uh, now? I'm going to call it a Cavan win, but nowhere near as easy as will be predicted in all the papers this weekend. And I'm sure most people will be giving Cavan a saunter through pass, but I think they may not be trouble, but I think they'll get a game of it. Hope they get a game of it. But yeah, Cavan, Cavan should be too strong. Now, as always, thanks very much. No worries, Paul. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, I, 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 at the start of the interview there, I thought he was he was a little bit dismissive of down and, and this is going to be a, a walk in the park. And then by the end of it, he was kind of saying, no, he expects a bit of fight from down. And what kind of came to mind for me on, on down, this always, for some reason, when it comes to down, comes to mind for me is is them in, I think it was the Ulster semi-final in 2018, going in against Monaghan, who were hot favourites and pulling up the upset up in, up in the athletic grounds. Like, down are always capable of an upset. It it and it would be an upset if they beat Cavan at the weekend. It will be an upset, but they're 100%. capable of it, and that's what that's that's my only fear going into this. Who's the best team? Cavan are the better team than down at this moment, and um, but I, I'm 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 slightly just worried about an upset. Yeah, I, I'm I'm confident. I'm very confident about this game. I I like the sounds that are coming out of the Cavan camp. Cavan played Mayo in a challenge and apparently beat them. Apparently went very well in that game. So. 
I think Cavan are primed for this one. And I, I think at this stage, Cavan's development, they're not going to be caught in this game. I don't believe they're, they're going to be caught. I, I definitely take your point that, that Darren are, are a, a team that you definitely can't take for granted. It's just so, there's just history in Darren. And, and uh, you know, right through to, with the likes of McCartan there on the sideline, like these are, these are, like he's one of the great GA figures. Like, and he has been, it reminds me of the quote from Barry McGuigan recently when he, where he was uh, talking about the Kinahan gang. And everyone in boxing was afraid to speak out about them. And he says, he says, it's terrifying to, to think that you, what, what could happen to you if you spoke out. But he says, I've been in terrifying situations all my life. Like he's been going in as a professional fighter uh, in, in hostile arenas. He says, it's terrifying. And it reminds me of, of you know, these, the greats can summon something up. And James McCartan is one of the great figures in those GA in the last 30, 40 years. And it, it, it would be no big deal for him to summon up a win here. Like it's, I know it's a Tajan Cup. It's it would be it wouldn't be any big deal in the overall landscape of his career for for them to go win this game like they have that bit they just have that bit of but if there if there's anything, about them. if there's anything to this down squad then it's a very easy sell for them lads we owe James something here we let him down with that Malahide incident as as Niall McKay we owe him something let's go out with a performance here let's really you know, push this and, and, and give our very, very best. Now, what is the details of that Malahide incident, Damien? Because I, I wasn't fully aware of that. Was that an off-the-field scrape, sir? So, no, no, no. Basically, lads, were, they were down for a training uh, weekend and some lads broke a curfew. They were meant to be in by 11 o'clock and, and lads went out on the tear. Oh, okay. Um, and James McCartan left as manager. Okay. And was, was, um, was coerced back into to finishing out the year, I think is the way it was put. So like this is most likely if Cavan wins James McCartan's last time as down senior football manager. You know, so there's a there's a lot of a lot of fire there that that, that can be stoked. It can, it can be provoked. I suppose for me, I, I was just before we came on air, I was looking through the 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 last time Cavan played down was obviously in the Ulster semi-final in, in 2020. And of that down squad, they, they named out 26 that day. How many of that squad are on the squad when they played Monaghan two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Great question. Well, I'd say, I'd say they've lost some, obviously, since the Monaghan game. So compared to what they're going to have this weekend, but would there have been uh, 16 of the 26? A bit lower. Quite a bit lower. Three? <laughs> There's three star, three... Three players, two two starters, uh, one that came off the bench, and five of the panel. That's it. That's it. That's all is there yeah. from from that game. How many of the Cavan panel, um, togged out against Donegal from that same game? So from the twenty six who were togged against Darren in twenty twenty, how many were on the twenty six against Donegal in twenty twenty two? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll have to think this think about this one there. But I would imagine the players who are gone it would be easier to. Work it back that way. Paul Graham has gone off the panel. He played that game. Cormac Timoney yeah. came on. Uh, yeah. Was Ocean Pearson injured? No, he played. He played. Um, he, I'd he say played injured, but because he, he came off early. I'd so. say nine. I'd say nineteen. Seventeen. 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 But that comes with the caveat of um, lads like Stephen Smith, who's injured, but on the panel. Kieran uh, Brady, the holler. He's not included. Oh, sorry, he is included. He was on the panel. Um, uh, Oshin Brady, 
Um, who else did I see there is on the list? Thomas Edward Donoghue, all still on the panel. There's about mm-hmm. 21 of the of the players that are currently on the panel that are now still on the panel in Cavan. Like, there's nine starters. Cavan will probably even go to 10 or 11 starters from that down game. Like Martin Riley started, Kieran Brady started, Ushin Kieran started that day that didn't start against Donegal. So Cavan will probably go to 10 or 11 starters again. That experience is huge. Like that, we we talk about it, compounding the work that you've done. This Cavan team have compounded and compounded and compounded, and and that's why they are the best or the closest to the All Ireland that I've I've seen in the last fifteen years. So it's it, it it's it's no accident, and that's why I I would be confident Cavan get over the line. They, and. I was talking. I just happened to be talking to a couple of the senior panelists over the last week, and you're right. The sounds are coming out very, very correct here. They're they're talking about that Sligo game with 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 Down. They're talking about, you know, they're mentioning one one player. She mentioned, you know, remember that in in that Monaghan defeat when they bet Monaghan, nobody gave them a prayer. They could have been mm-hmm. ten to one. Like they were, they they know that Down are capable of an upset. So yeah. all that makes me confident that Cavan will win it. But yet, still, I'm a Cavan supporter, so I have to be a little bit wary in in, in some point. That's it, yeah. No, Monaghan did come back and beat them in Croker, I think, in a in a in the last twelve game that year. And I do remember seeing a quote from might have been Mark Poland or one of the Darren players, and he, he put it on Twitter, and he was kind of like, "Great oh, year, great year." I remember we we discussed it. He was like, "Oh, what a year, what a feeling," and I, I remember thinking, "Jesus." That's okay. You got you made the to final. They beat our man the first round as far as I remember. Yeah, and had a great win against Monaghan. Well beaten in the Ulster final. And Monaghan turned around and beat them at Croker. I wouldn't have been bragging about a great year at the time. It was it was sort of a one swallow made the summer for him that year. Beating our man at the time uh, wasn't. You know, it was always good to win a game in the Ulster championship, but it wasn't the biggest scalp of all. I actually was looking back at the at the twenty eighteen championship match, Damien, when we are having this discussion. Here's one for you. Now I haven't thought it up now. So how many of the players who were used that day? I don't have the twenty six in front of me. One, two, three, four, five, Wait, six. Twenty eighteen. This is the twenty eighteen Monaghan down game. No, twenty eighteen Cavan down in the qualifiers and then it's Gillen. Oh right, yes. Okay. Uh, we used twenty one players that day. How many of them are not on the panel anymore? How many of the twenty one are not on the panel? Yeah, this is the twenty one we use. So you, we can say that this was our. In the, the management view, this is probably their best 21 or something close to it. Um, when McVitie's gone, um, she's now I'm, I'm going to start drawing blanks fairly quick because there's so such great retention in Cavan. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a guess at maybe four, ten of that 21 are gone, and there's only there's only uh. There's only obviously 11 that leaves. 11 of the 21 who played are still on the panel. And I'll give you the names here. And I think it it tells a lot about the Madeline in the era that he, he struggled with player retention. He brought in players. Um, who, uh, some of the players he brought in uh, did all right, but none of them really, not too many of them really lasted the course. Ocean Kieran is the exception uh, of a player that he brought in who lasted the course, who, who established himself at that level. A good few players didn't really establish themselves at that level or opted out as they were going well so they opted kind of not to put not to, to try and establish themselves at the level the players that are gone off it who played that day James Farley started in goals 
end of Flanagan started. He was named at the cornerback. I don't know where he actually played. Um, Sean McCormick played in the middle of the field. Brian McGee, uh, Connor Bradley, Darren McFeedy, uh, Sean Johnston. And then the subs that come on, Fergal Riley, Kean Mackey, Aero Cole and Niall Clerken. So it's, it's, it's amazing. That was the year where, where, where we, I suppose, we've retained players from before that era. But yeah. we didn't. We didn't retain very many of the players who sort of came in from Berlin in seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, it's really a bridge between two lands. You know that the the the, the Terry Highland over to the Mickey Graham era. Th- there was a bit of flux in the panel. There was quite mm. a bit of flux in the panel over the Midlinian era. There was. Well, you had you had the likes of Givney and all had had opted out at the time. And I remember mm. hearing at the time that that uh, if Cavan had got the management sorted quicker that time, that we might have retained some of those players. There was a lot of talk that. Some of those lads were injured or whatever, and they'd fallen through the cracks, and we'd no manager, and we didn't have a management an intercounty management setup at the time for for that couple of months, because the Madeline and it, it dragged on. That was a bit of a saga that time before it we was got a manager. October, maybe even November time by the time he got that job, and and Terry Highland had been gone from summertime from when, like within maybe two three weeks of Cavan exiting the championship, Terry yeah. was gone. So it was it was a very long. I remember going through the club championship and and asking. You know, different county board members, any word, any updates, and they're like, Oh, yeah, we're interviewing somebody this week, we're interviewing somebody next week, and yeah, look, we're hoping to have something in place in the next couple of weeks. But you were kind of going, Jesus, it's you know, it's it's squeaky bum time here. Mm-hmm. But there was, uh, yeah, look, not to delve into it too much, but there, there was an expectation that because Calvin were after getting promoted to Division One, that that all these big names were going to come looking for the Calvin job, and that was it, that was it. It ended well, it ended up that it was Calvin who. Who sort of headhunted Matty McLean and in the end of yeah. Lean said that himself that it was the greatest honour that when he oh. got, got the call. If you remember back to that game, Damien, that I think that's the worst Cavan ever played and won a championship match that I can remember. Like mm-hmm. Cavan were brutal that day. I don't know how we won that game that day. Like Darren were four points up with 20 minutes to go and had missed a load of chances and were way far away the better team. And you talk about getting the breaks in a championship match. Garrod takes a shot for a point from 40 yards and it goes into the top corner. That's right. Conor Harrison got a black card after half an hour. Uh, Kevin McKernan in the same minute got a black card. Kayla Mooney went off injured and Ryan Johnson got a straight red. Like that was literally Darren's four best players. Yeah. Went off in that game. So it was, it was, I don't know how Calvin won the game. We were playing a, a, a really uh, black death of a, of a system in the, those qualifiers as well because we've been very leaky against Donegal and the Ulster Championship and, so and, that, and you then went on though and put in a really good display against Tyrone they did they played that was as good a display yeah. as Gavin have put in against Tyrone which was which was a funny one I suppose that was the McLean factor maybe that he was just able to wring that extra few ounces out of them because um, at the time yeah. if you think back to that stage like I do remember I Talked to my friend in Tyrone who who manages teams in Tyrone and he was heavily involved in, in academies. And when when Madeline first took over, I remember ringing him and I said, "What's this guy like?" He said, "He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant." And he says, "He's he'll be a future Tyrone manager. He's he's been nailed on for that." So it was interesting that our best performance, uh, probably our best championship performance under Matty was that Tyrone one. Well, and 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 he managed to beat Tyrone in the McKenna Cup, which at that stage was huge. We couldn't beat Tyrone, we couldn't beat them in a in a in a foot race. You know, they were just they were yeah. 
they were so far ahead of us consistently. And, and he got that. Like I was actually taken back over that. I know we're completely diverse in here from uh, the down game, but that that win against for under Midlean in, in 2017, wasn't it? Um, over in Mayo in the league. That was that, a great win. It's a great win. Like there yeah. was some really good signature performances that that you know you kind of take away from like wins in division one were rare for us. A draw against Kerry, um good display against Dublin after you know there was there was some positives in in that 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 showed the quality of player that is around Calvin. You know, there definitely is enough quality. Yeah, it was probably the issue he had was personnel at the time. He had lost a few players that's not saying it's the only issue. Like there was probably other issues, like every other setup. But he had, he had lost a few players, and I don't think he knew the scene well enough because he he brought you a lot of players, some of whom were clearly good enough, and some of whom probably were clearly not good enough. But you weren't going to get away with them all in at once, and he probably had no choice. But he had to play a lot of them, so it, it did weaken the team around that time. Um, the big discovery he had was Ocean Kiernan. Also, Brian McGee, I thought, did well uh, under Medlina. And he took him off in, in Croker in a league final when Brian was actually probably playing his best game in that league. He he like he was very scattered going with substitutions. I always found that. Remember, the, he, he was famous for his uh, t- 10 minutes into a game. Yeah. He'd, he'd shatter somebody, he'd take somebody off to show the ruthlessness of, of his of his style, you know. But he having said that, he, he did place a lot of confidence in Brian McGee and Brian McGee was I thought playing really really well under him like his free taking was was huge he was he was a good ball winner but anyway sorry we'll, we'll go back to the to the down yeah. game oh yeah I forgot about that <laughs> um look looking at the, like you're talking you spoke to Niall about the under 20s and and how that team coming through I was just looking through it so I, I pulled out the All-Ireland semi-final program where they played Roscommon and Kingsman Brefty with that under 20 team there's only three of them so Oren Mordock the midfielder Ryan McGill and Andrew Gilmore have broke through onto the panel um Charlie Smith was on the panel but not even the sub goalkeeper um, so they, they haven't really brought through a lot of that on the 20s because when I seen that only five players had survived from 2020 I thought immediately okay well they're after bringing in a wave of these on their 20s but it's not even that case so it it it, it probably draws the comparison to the Midlean and era in Cavan that there's there's a lot of players in there that, that haven't done the journey they haven't stayed the road long enough really yeah, and when when you have huge flux on the panel, like you're really going nowhere. Like it's very difficult. Like and Kevin know that better than anyone because we went through years where, like between two thousand and uh, was it? Two, I remember doing this piece in the paper, so I'm not hundred percent sure of the years, but it could have been two thousand and two to two thousand and eleven or twelve. We handed out sixty nine championship debuts because I remember going through. It was a half a team a year. Yeah, basically, and it's no coincidence that we struggled in those years for the most part to make an impact. So, yeah, that 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 makes me think that Darren are just at a different stage in their development to what Cavan are like. And Cavan are definitely definitely quite buoyant at the minute. Like I know we had Killian Clark on a couple of weeks ago at the launch, and he was saying there was a few days morning after the the Donegal loss, but that's well out of the way now. Like like for years, teams used to get caught with the six day turnaround, uh, yeah. and, and I think only like two teams ever were able to overcome that because it's, that's just a total mental thing as much as anything that that it's so hard to come off a loss like that. but Kevin have, have banked that Donegal loss now and 
generally it's been viewed in a positive light, uh, which I think it should be. It was a good performance and probably just got caught there. I think Tony God are going to win on Sunday and it'll look even better for Cavan. Um, like if Derry are to win on Sunday, then again, we're, we're going on another slight diversion here. If Derry are to win on Sunday, they're going to be one of the teams that really books the trend uh, by winning the final at the first time of asking. I did an interview with Ronan Carlin the other night for just doing a bit of stuff about the 97 final that'll be uh, for the paper of the 20th of July. And just talking to Ronan, and he, he talked about when they lost the Ulster final to Tyrone in 95, that he talked to Canavan after the game and Peter Canavan said to him, look, you have to lose one to win one. And mm-hmm. it, it's so true, like it, it almost always. So that, that'd be the one major concern I have about Derry going into to Sunday that, uh, you know, the first final, the county has gone mental up Derry over this game. I don't know if, if they're going to be able to overcome that. Mm. We'll come back to it. We'll go, we'll yeah, go yeah, sorry. Because yeah. the, the injury news on the, on the Cavan side, Quiven O'Reilly, um, it looks like a an injury to the to the hand or to the wrist that's going to keep him out. From what I'm hearing, it could be five or six weeks. So um, he's a loss. He's been coming off the bench. Niall Murray has picked up a, an injury as well. Um, how bad that is, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But again, he he's another player that that would have been just adding a bit of strength to it. But then you're looking through those two lads were on the bench. Um, is Connor Madden back in? Is he is he back fit to play yet? Um, like we were up at the Gauna Rammer game the other night, and I seen him along the sideline. Um, so you know, if he was back fit to play, I'd imagine he'd be playing there because he'd need game time, maybe or maybe not. Maybe he played challenge matches at the weekend. But with Cleveland O'Reilly gone, they do need a another you know impact sub, somebody to come in. And, and well, Thomas Edward Dunn, who's doing really well for Den, so he's probably going to fill that void, is he? Yeah, I don't know. I I still haven't got any clarity over whether Conor Madden is injured or not, or was he dropped off the 26 due to loss of form for the Donegal game, but I think Conor Madden has enough credit in the bank that if he's fit, uh, he's got to be on the 26, unless some, unless there's a couple of lads. He didn't play in the league game that the county players were allowed to play in uh, the week before last. Did he not? So maybe he has a knock. Maybe yeah. he has a knock. Okay, fair enough, because I, unless there's a I couple of... Right. Unless there's a couple of forwards absolutely tearing it up and training to get ahead of him. He's got enough credit in the bank. He has proven that he can come on and, and make things happen. And and against Darren, like we're playing Darren, sure. <laughs> His cameo from the second half against Darren was absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, three, in 2020. Three points from open play, one of them off the sideline. Like it's his first his first if you remember his first touch that day, he flung it over from the sideline. Yeah. And like he's a conference player, like you know, geez, he's he's a He's a dangerous player when his confidence is up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I, I hope he's clear of injury. I presume it. I, I, I'd be ninety nine percent sure it had to be injury, considering the evidence that we do know around it that that he didn't play with the club. So, yeah. Um, but he's. I, I get, and there, there is that slight question over whether Paddy Lynch is okay to play or not. How big of a loss is Paddy if he's not? Ah, sure. I think it's testament to him that that. You know, his, his first full season, like he we viewing him as one of the major losses. Like the game plan is a lot of the attacking game plan is built around Paddy Lynch because he gives you that outlet to, to win ball and kick off either foot. And you know, he seems to have it all, like and he's a goal threat and everything else. And he's shown that he can do well in big games, which is which yeah. is massive. Like, like <clears throat> you know, when you when you're there's a few things when you're evaluating a player that I think is sometimes overlooked. Evaluating a forward, one is the ability to stay fit and like a lot of that's luck or whatever, but 
like it's a weakness that Connor Smith has, and it, I I understand that he's a very hard trainer and a really resilient resilient type of, type of character. But whatever it is, he he finds it hard to stay fit, and it, it has to go down as a as a negative in um, when you're when you're evaluating him as a player. Unfortunately, because I only, love him, the only negative. It's the only negative, yeah, because I think he's brilliant. Yeah. But uh, Paddy Lynch has generally shown that so far that he's able to stay fit and he's able to play a run of games, like, and it doesn't take anything out of him really. And I know he's got that; he got a collision with Michael Murphy that 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 he's, he's trying to shake off that knock from the Donegal game. But he's shown that he, he's the other thing is ability to get goals. There's a lot of players that we are we're always hyping up on the podcast, especially in club level, and their scores of spectacular points, but. The ability to get goals, especially at county level, is absolutely huge. And Paddy Lynch has that. And the other is the ability to do it in a big game. You could have all the rest of those attributes, but you might be you mightn't be a player for the big occasion. And he has shown, I think, in his career that he can stand up on the big occasion. So, uh, you asked how big of a loss would be. I think he'd be. A, I think he's actually irreplaceable on, on the county team already at this stage. Yeah, in current form, I have to agree. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you can bring in a like for like. No. The only. The only like for like that that could is Connor Madden at his very very best. When Connor's at top form, I think he's he's capable of of that level of performance, and we've seen it. It's um you know that so you you'd love to think that if Paddy Lynch is out and Connor Madden is in top form, yeah, you you can you can survive without it. But um the likelihood is that very few players are are as good as the way Patrick Lynch has shown off so far this year. So he's he's turned into kind of our Conor McManus already in, in, in year one of his championship, which is something I didn't expect, I have to admit, I thought. Mickey Hannon, you made that comparison a couple of years ago when he was involved with Crush <laughs> uh, If you remember, we were chatting about, about Paddy Lynch one time. And I remember mm. I asked him, like, how good is he? And he said he could be another McManus. He yeah. He, he, had the, he has the tools. Like So... It's very exciting because we spent years bemoaning the fact that we were missing a, a cutting edge forward. Like, and we, it looks like we have one there. So, uh, I don't know if you heard any other team use them. I mean, Mickey Graham did say after the Donegal game, I think he didn't he reference in passing that he might he might blood some players in the Talisman Cup. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I again, I I'm I'm just looking through who possibly could come in there. Like, yeah, again, that that defense is pretty well settled. But does Key and Riley come in like? He had an outstanding on the 20 campaign. Uh, you know, it's very, very hard to see him when last year he was capable of starting on the senior team that he's not pushing hard. I'd be very surprised if he's not v- close to it. If there's any sort of niggles or knocks to to anybody in defence, I'd imagine Keen Riley could be coming in. I, I'm hearing that Niall Carlin's going quite well in training, um, again, from the under 20. So that's, that's another possibility. So if he's looking to blood a couple of players... Mickey will do it very, very shrewdly. It it won't be five lads. It'll be two and maybe two different ones if you win the game and you get on to the next one. Like he'll he'll do it in such a way that that you don't get anything unless you deserve it. And you know, and and, and just because you've deserved the chance doesn't mean you're going to get a huge amount of time on it if it's not going your way. So the lads will have to be all all very aware of the fact that this is the highest level of competitive football and that it's, it's going to be cutthroat. But I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see those two lads getting game time um, at the weekend from what I'm hearing. Um, other than that, I haven't heard much more. I, I was asking about Oshin Pearson, but I think he's still a bit away um, in terms unfortunate. of... Him. That's yeah. really, very unfortunate because like, like Oshin started to us to find in 2019, which is mm. a while back. And, you know, just unfortunate there with injuries because 
he, he he's a player that you would have to put your house on in 2019. Well, by the time we get to 2022, like he's a guaranteed starter. But um, like his he, 2020 campaign, he he was so influential against Monaghan. You know, yeah. the Antrim game down in the semi final. He started all three of those games. I think I'm right. Mm. And then he gets an injury, but it's interesting. We we talked about McLean in there, like, and just to tie that point into to, to Graham Blood and players. If you if you think back to <clears throat> where what's Mickey Graham's outlook on football? Mickey Graham obviously came of age under Martin McHugh playing in the Ulster Championship. H- how heavily influenced is he by what he witnessed and experienced in his formative years as a as an intercounty player himself? And back then, you were there was no such thing as being too young under McHugh. Like, like Anthony Ford went from from being the first lad taken off in a in an Ulster minor championship game against Monaghan in '94 to coming on in the Ulster senior final for his debut the following year. And like he said to me himself, I chatted to him recently. He said he always says that to young players that he says I came out of Breffy Park. He said there's a long way back to West Cavan. I was the first sub taken off, and I thought I, I might never be back here. He said a year later, McHugh had faith in him. He was a young lad of 18, or maybe had turned 19 by then. Mickey Graham the same. Uh, all those lads, it 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 uh, filters through of Madeline and then as well. Like Madeline was forged in the early nineties, which was just like dog eat dog, absolute, you know, man up or get off here, absolute macho environment of, of Ulster football. And like if you remember when Matty took over Cavan, we were hearing stories that they were going and running running eighteen kilometers through the forest and stuff like that. Yeah. So he like you're going to go back to to what your grounding in the game is. So I I think from that point of view. Mickey Graham has been very good about blooding players. Like he has blooded a lot of players, and he's done it in a really smart way. Like, and he's unfortunate that that Kevy McGovern uh, fell ill, and that that Sean McAvoy is involved in soccer because he had actually blooded those two as well. Like, and if the two lads were around, there were two more that he had had done the hard part. He had given them a taste of it. And, and Pearson falls under that bracket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It would have been um, Mickey Graham gave him his debut in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So. Yeah, so he's been brilliant at bringing through young lads. So for all the experience that's there, and the point has been made to me a few times that you know we have a very good team at the minute, but you have a, you have a few lads with a good few good bit of miles on the clock, and when we start to lose a couple of fellas, um, you know where's the replacements? And this was kind of before before your own twenties had had such a good run and so on. But I have to say, Mickey Graham is planning for that. Like like Keen Riley is coming into the panel there now. Back off the off the back of the twenties, like he has played five or six senior games already, and has been around that environment for a good while. So, it's money in the bank when you blood these lads. It's money in the bank for down the line. You can just draw on it again. And the other the other important factor for me, and and this is what I was actually most happy with coming out of the Ulster semi final. Your best players, the players that really kind of stood up on on that occasion in the Ulster semi final, James Smith, Paddy Lynch. Thomas Galligan, there's range in between 10 and, and 12 years still available to all of those players, you know, in, in terms of the development, they're, they're still, a, they're not at the peak of their powers by any means. So that that's what I was delighted with more than anything. Like if you even take the Thomas Galligan before 2019, it was in and out. It was yo-yo sort of stuff. You didn't know what was going on. Was he going to make it? Was he not going to make it? Is he, is he on the panel? Is he not on the panel? Thomas Galligan's a mainstay now. Mickey Graham has figured out the way of getting the best out of him and making sure that he's always available for championship games. So again, that that's that's a big, big plus that there is there is a future. Now, is the is the quality or the, the number of players at that quality 
level coming through that was coming through with the Grod McKiernans and the Park Faulkners, Killian Clarks, that 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 era. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like there's that same conveyor belt just yet. But it it at least there's a bridge gap that if you can keep those lads for another couple of years, the the first wave, Thomas Galligan and those lads in the middle. And then hopefully the conveyor belt starts to come true now with this year's on the twenties gone by. This year's minors I thought were, were very good. You know, we can we can start to bring through a bit more. So well, if you think if you think back to um, when Cavan beat Donegal in the All Summer twenty one final in twenty fourteen and <clears throat> there was uh, a lot of Cavan people were a little bit annoyed that they felt that that Martin McHugh was on the radio and that he wasn't giving Calvin a whole pile of credit. Now, obviously, his son was on the team. Calvin won that in a smash and grab. But Martin, Martin made the point, oh, look, we're happy enough because we're, we've got three or four guaranteed seniors off this team, and, and we might get more seniors off this team than Calvin will get off it. Didn't turn out to be the case, but it was very present because Paddy McBearty came off that team, Ryan McHugh came off it, Kieran Thompson, Hugh McFadden, um, Owen McHugh was on it as well. So... Mm. They, they lost an Ulster in the 21 final but they well OK McBrady was already on the senior team but you can essentially say that that team produced four or five uh, mainstays of the Donegal senior squad so like McBrady McHugh Thompson McFadden um, they're going to start the Ulster final like so that was a team that didn't win so like this year we didn't win those 220 but if we could produce four players like Donegal did in 2014 it's a success it's a, it's a big success yeah you're right you're right you're 100% right alright but Still doesn't put silverware on the table. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's t- still touchy. <laughs> um, okay, final final call then of it. Give us give us your prediction. I, I think Cavan are going to put the best foot forward here. And uh, I think the start is going to be crucial. I expect Darren to set up very defensively. I don't think they have much choice. <clears throat> uh, so they're going to look to keep it tight. If Darren could stay in the game, it, it might get nervy for Cavan or it might be, it's possible. If Darren could maybe get an early goal or something like that, get a foothold. But I think if we can uh, be front runners in this game, if Cavan could get two or three points early on or just establish a dominance early on, I think Cavan will win this game in, in convincing fashion. So I'm going to go for Cavan for, for a convincing win here. And I think when we're doing the podcast now on Sunday or Monday, we're going to be looking back at an impressive Cavan win. That's what I think is coming here. Impressive being north of is 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 eight 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 your magic number here? Is it do Calvin get the eight ahead? I I'd like to think we'd win this game with eight points. Yeah, I, I'm I just uh, I look up the the handicap here while you're giving your prediction, Damien. It'll be interesting to see how the bookies see it. I I, I think I think it's it. Calvin are very capable of winning the game by eight or nine points, but they don't. Yeah, although the Antrim the Antrim game probably. Excuse my thinking that they actually can do it and, and, and look at the forecast, dry summer's day. Um, it looks like it's going to be great, Nick. Um, around Kingspan Revenue. I do you know what? I, I, I'm going to say Calvin can Calvin could win it by eight or nine points. Yeah, I go, I'll go with nine points. There you go. Yeah, I'm trying to find the, the betting on this game here and I just can't see it. But just when um, you're doing that, I'll, I'll bring people's attention to um, what we've got going on over in the Die Hard service. Um, earlier on in the week, I spoke with uh, Aideen Coyle after a, a memorable week, in fairness to Cavan Ladies. The under 16s won the, um, the Platinum 
uh, final hammering Tyrone um, on Sunday in Clonus. So oh. there, it's great. Any day you hammer Tyrone is a good day. And um, Loretto made it a, a clean sweep of A titles with the under fourteen title during the week. There was a success also for Dunery in Kings Court and um, St. Aidan's in Good Hill and that. And then the Commodes had a great win down in Tipperary. So I spoke to Aidan Kyle about all of that action. Um, we also look back over the minor semi-final, which was um, which was a disappointing defeat um, at the hands of a really good Derry side. But myself and Paul in depth went through that and heard from Cavan manager Shawnee Smith. And if you haven't already subscribed, you should tune in to the Cavan Lives podcast this week. It's Emmett McDermott. He's born and bred in New York, but um, as we described, or as Dave McIntyre described himself on the Cavan Lives podcast, he's thoroughbred. His his parents are from Kinelec and from Balanya, but he's directed and produced a documentary on Netflix that was the number one documentary at uh, the point earlier on in this year on Netflix on Abercrombie and Fitch called White Hot. Um, and Mark Farley caught up with him and, and, and spoke with, with Emmett, which is a really good, really good um, listen there. Again, another Cavan connection doing extraordinary things. So that's over in the Cavan Lives podcast. So check all yep. that out on We Are Cavan, or sorry, patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. What's the, what's the spread? So spread seven. So yeah. interestingly, Cavan have been cut to one to ten now. So they've the money is piled on Cavan and looking at all the other matches. There's nobody even close to the same level of favoritism as Kavanagh in, in the Talcha Cup matches. So even um looking at uh, Sligo against London, Sligo one to five to win that game. Now they beat them by 18 points um eight weeks ago. So uh, that tells you a lot there. Tip are one to six to beat an atrocious Carlo team. Like, let's be fair about it. Carlo, Carlo are poor this year, and Tip are one to six. So we're one to ten. So the bookies put us in at one to five. The reason we're one to ten is Obviously, people are steaming into that. So, look, Cavan, I said earlier on, they're red-hot favourites. There couldn't be much hotter here. Uh, so, apart from apart from Kerry against Limerick, which is 1-100, to 100, which is obscene in the Munster final, really. But apart from that, I'd say we're probably the shortest-priced favourites of the weekend. Um, so, that tells you a lot. And I expect Cavan to live up to it. So, Cavan will beat the spread, you reckon? Yeah, I think we'll beat the spread. Yeah, I do. I think I, think I could see Cavan doing a number on Darren here. Okay, excellent. Folks, thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy's Supervisor GA podcast. Best of luck to the Cavan lads on Saturday afternoon in Kingspan Breffney. I know it's an awkward time for some people, but geez, it'd be great to see a good crowd in there um, just to, to cheer on the boys. But if you can't make it, you can tune into Northern Sound where myself and Mickey Brennan are on commentary for all the actual full live commentary available on Northern Sound. So best of luck to the boys and we'll chat to you with all the reaction next week.